0: Hey, by the Book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly Buy the Book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com listen to buy the book or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show.
2: Hey, Kristen.
0: Yeah, Jolenta.
2: It's been one week since we lived by atomic habits, and you know what that means?
0: It is time for another by-the-book mini-episode. episode mm. That's right. It's time for another "Buy the book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by atomic habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear.
2: And uh, let's start off with hearing from some folks who loved atomic habits. That's where we usually like to start. And we may even hear from some of the folks who voted for us to live by atomic habits.
0: Ooh. Yes. All right. Let's start with Dana. Dana says... I got my undergrad degree in behavioral science, and the book is really consistent with the principles of and science of behavior. For example, some of the author's advice is make the behavior obvious, a.k.a. set the stage for the behavior. In my case, I made the goal to read more and left my books out in the open to make it obvious, and I have read a ton since.
2: Ooh, Nice very habity, very atomic.
0: <laughs> and probably attractive too, which is another thing he likes. True, true. Yeah. Cuz books can be very attractive. Mhm. Lydia
2: says, "I love this book. What stuck with me were the small manageable steps, like trying a habit for just 5 minutes each day. This changed my mindset because it's not an overnight transformation, but rather building up small consistent changes over time." Even when I fell off my habit of daily yoga, I was able to jump back into it quickly because this book is in my tool belt. I can be hard on myself thinking that I've failed in some way, but that five-minute rule encourages me to keep going and just show up.
0: Nice. It sounds like it's really been working great for you, Lydia. Uh, Angela also has found this book to be really great for her. She says, I legitimately loved the book. I am always looking for ways to make habits I want to build more appealing so that I'm more likely to do them, and the book helped with that. For example, I'm more likely to floss if I have pre-laced floss picks in the house rather than regular dental floss. And I keep them in the shower so that I can floss while conditioning my hair. In the book, that's called Habit Stacking. Hmm. I have pretty workout shoes because it makes me more likely to work out. And I'm more likely to take my vitamins if I get the gummy kind because I don't like swallowing hard pills. And who
2: does like swallowing a hard pill, really? (laughs) Gummies for all. (laughs) Yes. I wish all my medicine came in gummy form. Me too. Margaret wrote in to say, I love this book. It helped my ADHD brain find some focus and order so I could actually accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish.
0: Margaret, you're not the only person with an ADHD brain that wrote in to say, I have an ADHD brain in this book. To help me. So uh, you seem to have a sentiment that was quite popular with our listeners.
2: Totally. But Kristen, <sighs> as we know, not all of our listeners love this book.
0: No, no, they did not. Bethany wrote in to say, I read Atomic Habits in the summer of 2019 after returning from a trip to Guatemala where I saw and participated in development work being done with very rural communities. The whole time that I read the book, I couldn't help but think about the privilege of an author who can write about controlling the most minute details of one's life. And I couldn't help but think about my own privilege, that I could read a book like that in the hopes that it could impact my life positively, that I could control my life like that. Fast forward to today, I have now moved to Guatemala full-time to teach English. My students are three weeks into their new school year, the first time that they have been able to return to school in person since the start of the pandemic. After nearly two full years away from school, could particular attention to their habits benefit them? Maybe a little, but it ignores all of the systemic racism, systemic colonialism, systemic poverty, oppression from other nations, etc., that also make up their lives. I just don't have time anymore for authors who write about such a small slice of life without any recognition of the greater circumstances of so many people around the world.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one.
0: Yeah, sadly, that's true of a lot of the authors of self-help books we've read right, over the years. Right, right, It's kind of a recurring theme, unfortunately. Like, wake up early and that'll change everything. <clears throat> Excuse me, systemic racism. Waking up early won't fix that. Right, right. Like, just
2: a nod will make a lot of us feel seen, but, like, it's okay. <laughs> um. India wrote into us to say, I'm a physical education teacher who works with college students. I try to fight against diet culture and teach people to move their bodies with joy. When Atomic Habits came out, a lot of my students read it, and it made me realize that there's a group of books, articles, and podcasts where habit stands in for weight loss. Because of this book, I made a whole lecture about potentially harmful words masquerading as neutral. For example, habit, wellness, grit, health, and lifestyle change. It's amazing to me how performance-based self-help is so easily translated into the language of diet culture. But maybe that's on purpose. It's a good way to sell books.
0: Ooh, Indeed. That is a great observation, India. And Mm -hmm. your students are so lucky to have you. I I think that… These things are so often taken for granted, and I I really wish some of my physical education teachers would have said some of these things to me growing up because I didn't see it when I was a kid. I just didn't see it. Now, Uni wrote in to say, I read Atomic Habits a few years ago and was on James Clear's newsletter list for a while. I wish he had talked more about determining why people choose the goals they do. For example, why do James Clear and others aspire to thinness? How is that improving their lives? And what is the role of social and environmental factors?
2: Brian also didn't love the book. Brian says, I tried to read the book but just couldn't make it through. The good versus bad habit worldview feels like a moral structure. I realize some people don't use it that way. And still, for me and for many friends I've observed— those words can bring out a lot of reactivity, especially if you're not careful. And I don't think he's particularly aware or careful, at least for my taste or personality.
0: Mm, Brian, Uh, yeah. Yeah, the
2: moral structure (laughs) is such a good way to put it, where it's like, this is one guy's view on habits or what habits are good and bad. like. But it is definitely written as sort of an overarching, like, Worldview.
0: Yeah, but just the actual using of the words good and bad. What if the words instead were helpful to my goal and not right. helpful to my goal? Ah,
2: yeah, you could personalize. See, I feel like it.
0: that language would have helped a lot because just calling something good or bad can be, I don't know, it, it can trigger a lot of people, right? It can be polarizing. It sure can.
2: Ay, ay, ay think about that while we take a quick break. Uh, And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the feedback that you all had for us and how we lived by this book.
0: Yes. But while we're on break, if you haven't already, please rate and review us. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. We would so appreciate your five stars.
1: You like to watch new stuff, right?
0: We are back with listener comments about Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. And now, Jolenta, let's hear from some folks who have very specific feedback for you and for me.
2: Oh, do let's. Sharon wrote in to say this, dancing every time you hear music is obsessive. Wouldn't Atomic be grooving as you wash dishes or something like that? I felt like Kristen didn't want to like the book and was proving it to herself. Look, sometimes I agree with you, Sharon. But as someone who's worked with Kristen for a while, I have to say, like, she does just have a knack for, like, becoming obsessive about things. That's one of her fun quirks.
0: (laughs) I want to jump in really quickly with this one, though, and just make clear, when I set the goal to dance every time I heard music, I thought that was anti-obsession. Because in the past, what I've tried to do, which has led to obsession, is must work out three times a week, where I have precise numbers, precise times of day, where I have to do it like a certain number of miles or whatever it is I'm doing, like walking or whatnot. And I decided I'm not going to use any numbers at all. And that was my way of not being obsessive. And I thought this would be frothy and fun and easy because we don't play music in our house. We as a house that is also an audio studio can't play music because I can't record any of my shows. I also am not somebody who's capable of writing when music is on. So we are for the most part a music-free house except maybe on a Saturday or Sunday morning we'll play a song while we have a cup of coffee. But So you uh, thought so-
2: you were gaming the system but it, in fact we are <laughs> setting up like a weird obsessive exercise by accident.
0: Yes. And I had no idea that was going to happen. I thought I was being gentle with myself. I just didn't predict all of the music that was going to show up around me that we didn't plan. Does that make sense? hmm mm-hmm. It makes sense. But yeah, it was not me trying to be obsessive. I promise you. It was me trying to not be obsessive. All right, let's move on to this letter from Eugenia. Eugenia says, Regarding Kristen getting caught up with what was good, bad, or neutral, Atomic Habits makes it clear that we as individuals assign the good, bad, or neutral label depending on what we are looking to achieve or maintain, not what the author is. If she wants to watch a show and have a snack to unwind that doesn't interfere with her goals, that would be good or neutral. If she's binging Netflix all day while she should be doing something and it's making her feel gross and miserable, that's bad. I never felt like I had James standing over my shoulder judging my rating criteria when I lived by this book.
2: But Jana sees things a different way. Jana says, it's true that James Clear never explicitly says that we should categorize exercise as good, snacking as bad. But when talking about his own journey, he consistently uses diet and exercise as examples of what he values. And it's hard as a reader not to absorb his moral code, especially considering we live in a world that already imposes the same moral code on women.
0: Yes. Right. So. Yeah.
2: It's a tough, like, line to draw.
0: Yeah, so I agree with both of you. Eugenia, it's true. He never tells us we all have to exercise as much as him. Uh, he never tells us exercise is good and, and TV is bad. He never says that. But he constantly, like Janice says here, constantly applies those uh, good, bad values to his right. own life. So I just found it impossible not to think about diet and exercise the whole time. He brings it up on almost every page.
2: Right, right. And it's like when that's reinforcing what is already sort of beaten into us, it's hard for me, at least personally, to parse out, like, what do I think versus what society tells me I should think. And since those lines are already, like, hard to make, having someone reinforcing it that way, like, doesn't help any.
0: Yeah, I I found it really, really tough, obviously, for anybody who who heard that episode. Yeah, it was really, really tough for me. Yeah. Now, Brynn, Like me, a fellow Minnesotan, I just want to read this comment. Bryn says, I very much related to Kristen's thoughts on atomic habits. I've struggled with tracking food, weight, exercise, steps a day, water intake. It just makes me depressed and anxious. I would be walking around the block at 11.50 p.m. in the Minnesota winter just to get those last 300 steps before bed. As a type A person, I want to be perfect at everything, and the act of tracking absolutely everything made me feel like a failure. So last year, I quit cold turkey. I don't track my weight. I don't track my steps. I don't track my food. I can say I've kept a steady weight even through getting laid off and the stress of this pandemic. And when my watch, yes, I still wear a fitness watch, buzzes when I hit 10,000 steps, it's a fun surprise, not an obligation.
2: Nice, nice, nice. I like it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bryn, you sound just like me there don't need to track myself. Makes me crazy and unhappy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I fall on the other end of the spectrum where I like tracking helps make sure I do any of the many myriad of things I've promised to myself and other people that I will do. And sometimes (laughs) if I don't track,
0: I don't do. Yeah. We're all different. Some people will insist it's the best thing ever and it is for them, but not necessarily for everybody else. No, 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 no.
2: Um, Electra brings up a good point. Electra says eating disorders are orders of over control in the same camp as OCD. People who are prone to over control can be easily triggered into other actions of over control. That's why eating disorder relapse can be triggered by simply talking about calories as a number. I'm not actually surprised at all that if Kristen was already feeling stressed by tracking, which is another eating disorder behavior, the book's incessant measure of more success and the good-bad binary, that she found herself taking things to the extreme. I'm so sorry, Kristen, that you didn't take a permanent break from the book or just decline it even though the listeners voted for it. Your sense of safety and stability should always come before an experiment for a comedy slash reality podcast.
0: Uh, Electra, thank you for all of this. Uh, one part that we left out of Electra's comment, she, she wrote quite a bit to us, was that she is actually a practicing mental health practitioner. So when hmm. she's talking about all this stuff like OCD and tracking and stuff, she's actually speaking from a professional position. So Electra, thank you for that. Uh, but then also Electra and listeners, I'm just going to tell you right here and now, I am never going to quit a book we're living by. <laughs> I will not do it. I refuse. Maybe that's obsessive of me. too obsessive. I'm, I am never going to quit a book. <laughs> no, I will not quit. I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. That's all there is to it. I don't care if you vote for a fabulous book, a terrible book, whatever the book is. I am going to live by it. I'm doing it. It's true. And
2: like just putting it out there, after years of working with Kristen, she has a knack for making things difficult for herself, where from the outside, it may look comedic or like, Almost like she's doing it on purpose. Sometimes it's just her innate ability. I just want to take it
0: to 11. That's all. 10 is
2: not enough. She does this in every area of her life, not just the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jessica wrote in to say this week's episode was Jolenta being totally on-brand Jolenta and Kristen Mm. being totally on-brand Kristen. Jolenta essentially decided to do things her own way, focusing on a relationship dynamic rather than a habit, Hmm. and practicing self-reflection in a way that's really not even explored much in the book. (laughs) Kristen took everything in the book so literally that she went over the deep end, but by most measures lived in a way that was truer to the book's teachings. Jolenta, your approach was healthier, but Kristen, I think I got a better sense of the book from you. That's
2: very accurate. Like, what a read, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: Yes. Wow. That's kind of the wow, wow, wow. Like, gist of our show, I guess, right? That That yeah. is very on-brand Jolenta for you to be like, no, I'm going to do it this way, and You're I'm going to be like about it. It worked for it.
2: me because I didn't necessarily follow the rules.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, to go back to what I was saying earlier, I'm just going to follow the rules to 11. When maybe most people reading a self-help book are going to do it more like Jalenta, let's be real.
2: Yeah, where they follow it like two of four. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what we have next. Next, we have a letter from Janine who says, I just listened to the Atomic Habits episode and the bit about succeeding just by showing up. The bullet journal bit of jalenta's experience really resonated with me. I'm becoming progressively more physically disabled due to psoriatic arthritis and I picked up a tip from an online support group that is very similar to this and has been very helpful for me. I reverse the phrase if it's worth doing then it's worth doing well to if it's worth doing then it's worth doing badly.
0: Oh my god, I love this so much. Can I steal this love from you Janine? It. I feel like this would make my life so much happier if I just like said that to myself every day. Yeah.
2: If it's worth doing, it's worth doing half-assed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Jolenta, you already are like, like so healthy in that mindset of like accepting that in yourself, and I just feel like I need to be because better I at have that too. <laughs> it's such a good message. If it's worth doing, then it's worth doing bad. Like yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I love. It's that. It's sort
2: of like the the more f- like easily accessible version of like sometimes like perfect is the enemy of.
0: The good or whatever. Yes, yes. I I I've always liked that saying too. But what I really like about Janine's twist on it here is it's taking something that my abusive dad used to yell at me all the time. If it's worth doing, then it's worth doing well, loser. And then and like, kind of like no. shifting it. So yeah, I I have a personal trauma with that. So. Yeah, be like if it's
2: worth doing, then it's <laughs> worth doing badly,
0: winner. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that, Janine. Thank you. And uh, we have to take a break in a second, but first I just want to read one more comment uh, for me that made me smile. Emma says, I have been thinking recently that I need to change my habit of being negative. For instance, when Kristen mentioned dancing to the supermarket music, my knee-jerk thought was, ugh, that music is annoying and tacky. I can be a bit of a music culture snob, and that's not kind. It would be much better if I could see the best in things and be happy when other people enjoy stuff, even when it's not to my taste.
2: Emma, where else can you hear Shania Twain on the regular if not at the grocery store?
0: (laughs) I mean, to you and I love that stuff, but Emma, I just want to say it's okay to have opinions about music, though, too. It's totally fine. Like, I am a film critic in addition to the show, and that's because I kind of hate a lot of stuff that's popular. (laughs) You can do that, too. It's okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make you a bad person. It's fine. It is fine.
2: (laughs) We're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we'll hear whether all of you, like James Clear, aim to constantly improve yourselves day after day. And we're going to announce next week's book, too. So please stick around. You like
1: to watch new stuff, right?
3: Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
0: All righty, we are back. And now let's hear from all of you out there about whether you aim to be 1% better every day.
2: All uh, right. Chris says, When I was in high school marching band, our band was very good. We traveled and won most of the competitions we entered. One day on the bus after another win, our band director said something I've never forgotten. We can be pleased with ourselves, but never satisfied. There is always room for growth.
0: Marie says, I believe in radical self acceptance paired with a consistent desire and motivation for personal growth. I think I'm awesome. And I recognize that the world is changing, my relationships are changing, and that I may need some help in adjusting to new realities to be my most awesome self. Mm.
2: Allie says, I, like Jalenta, am an avid boo and used to track all of my habits and workouts. But I just finished Celeste Headley's Do Nothing, which I heard about on one of your bonus episodes, and it made me realize that my constant focus on productivity and goals is just an extension of capitalism. If we're not constantly growing and getting 1% better every day, we have no value. Tracking my habits was just a way for me to cling to the idea that I matter because I do all of these things. In reality, I matter no matter what I get done in a day.
0: Nice. I love the range of experiences there. Some of you really mm-hmm. shooting for the stars, better every day, and some of you saying, it's okay. I don't need to be better. <laughs> oh, no.
2: Thank you to everyone who wrote in this week. Reminder, you can always share your thoughts and stories with us on our private Facebook community. That is facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod. It's always a lively convo.
0: Indeed. You can also write to us, if you like, at kristenangelenta at gmail.com. Uh, we love it when you write to us there. We love it. And now, Kristen... It's time for us (gasps) to do it. It's time to announce next week's book. Yes. Our next book is... Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, Dynamic Techniques for Turning Fear, Indecision, and Anger into Power, Action, and Love by Susan Jeffers.
2: But what if I want to turn fear into hate?
0: What if anger actually is my superpower?
2: And what if the thing I fear is love itself?
0: Listen next week
2: to find out. All right. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge, huge. Thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher. Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, Chantel Holder, and Marcus Ham. Thanks also to Nate Weida, He composed our theme song. And thank you to the Rizzos. They
0: performed it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Atomic Habits. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Reminder, you can find us on Twitter at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinser, or at the Book Pod. And you can also find us on Instagram at ByTheBookPod.
2: Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Hey, Kristen.
0: Yeah, Jalenta.
2: It's been one week since we lived by atomic habits, and you know what that means? Time to go to
0: space. What? Oh, no, Kristen. that's astronomy, not Mm-mm. a hominy. <laughs> Stitcher.